the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. That's right. It's the Nick T Podcast. How are you? We are on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, the greatest podcast network in the world. So many amazing, very, very cool podcasts here that you can check out in addition to mine. So many of them. Check them out at radiomisfits.com. And please, when you listen and subscribe to all of the podcasts, please take the time to rate and review them on every single platform. It's the Nick T Podcast, and I want you to be a part of my podcast. Please do leave a voicemail message uh, 24-7. It's open 24-7. Anytime you want to say something, ask a question, uh, contribute to the show. Hey, if you want to request a megaphone message, which we have a little bit later on, uh, anything voicemail related, you want to leave it, we want to hear it. 773-417-6948. Drop us an email. Any questions, any queries, 24-7. Drop those emails anytime you want. Uh, we'll read a lot of them on the uh, on the podcast, and we read them all even off the podcast. So send those emails with any kind of thing. And again, if you want a megaphone uh, request, send those as well. NickDPodcast at gmail.com. My thanks to Jason Skaggs out of Houston. Does all the themes and the music and the crazy stuff. Hey, you want to be a sponsor on the podcast? Advertise with us. Lots and lots and lots of people listen to this podcast, so you'll reach a lot of people. Uh, contact us, sales at radiomisfits.com. I want to advertise on the show. Sales at radiomisfits.com. Right here on uh, the Nick D Podcast, episode number 82. Yeah. Hey, Dan Feinberger is going to join us. He joins us every other week. We're back into our regular schedule. He writes for The Hollywood Reporter. He's got a, a blog and a website called The Fine Print, F-I-E-N. Uh, the most knowledgeable guy about television in the world, and he is a TV critic, and we talk TV every couple of weeks. So we'll jump into the world of TV. Esmeralda Leon is going to join me, my partner. In crime, we're going to continue until the end of uh, uh, the end of October, which is coming up in just uh, a few days. Halloween is coming up uh, uh, in less than a week, and we will continue with some spooky stuff. We did our uh, full-on Esmeralda and I solo spooktacular. That was the last episode, episode eighty-one. Check it out. Uh, but we'll still do some more scary stuff and creepy celebrities and all kinds of other stuff. We'll catch up on some emails and voicemails and all kinds of cool stuff. Esmeralda and I will talk about creepy and scary things. She's the best. And Esmeralda will be on stage with me live at Zany's in Rosemont. I expect everyone who is listening to this right now and their friends and neighbors and everybody to get their tickets right now for the Nick D podcast live at Zany's in Rosemont, Illinois on Tuesday, November 15th at 730. We want to pack the place. It's interactive. We got prizes to give away. We have a surprise guest uh, who, by the way, um, will keep dropping hints as to who that guest is without telling you. Uh, and that guest could be considered a patriot. And um, if you pay this guest a dime, maybe this guest will tell you some stories, some dime stories. I don't know. An amazing surprise guest, by the way. Uh, that's all you need to know. My dad's going to be there to tell jokes 
uh, at the end of the show. And speaking of my dad telling jokes, he'll be here on this podcast to tell a joke. But uh, just to get you warmed up for the Zanies in Rosemont on November 15th here. Hey, everybody gonna tell you what's going on November 15th. That's a Tuesday up in Rosemont talking about Zanies. We gonna put on a live show. So I suggest you do some clicking. Get on the website and buy some tickets. I heard his dad's gonna close the show. Yeah. Very sexy ass, those tickets. Be there live. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be hilarious and so much fun. And we're recording it so you'll be a part of the podcast forever. And uh, it's going to be very interactive. You'll be a big part of it. Me, Esmeralda, we can't wait to do it. It's just going to be great. And hopefully if people come out, if we pack the place, we can do this thing every month and just uh, have a whole bunch of people out and different guests and all kinds of fun stuff. So we are at Zany's in Rosemont, Illinois on Tuesday, November 15th at 730. It's the Nick D Podcast Live. Get your tickets now. Call 847-813-0484. Order those tickets and book those seats right now. 847-813-0484. Or you can go on the website and check it out at rosemont.zanies.com. Rosemont.zanies.com. Order your tickets and reserve your seats now for uh, this fantastic one-night uh, live Nick D podcast at Zanies and Rosemont. All right? Oh, Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. She also loves the live show that we're going to do in Rosemont on November 15th. Hi, That's I'm Carrie right. yeah. Russell, and I love Nick's show. Okay, we hope you all show up. It's going to be great. All right. Uh, so, uh, Esmeralda coming up later, my dad telling a joke later, but right after I say congratulations, it's TV time with Dan Feinberg. Congratulations. You're about to listen to the Nick D podcast. It's by far the best decision you've made today. It makes the other podcasts seem like crap. Oh yeah, don't be a jackoff. Somewhere else, Dan Feinberg. Yes, that's right. Dan Feinberg, every uh, two weeks. And now it's on schedule. We're back. I guess. We'll see what happens. Something's going to screw it up. The holidays are coming up. Dan, that's going to screw everything up at some point. Oh, it's it's all going to be a mess, but you know... Every time until the next time. Exactly. Uh, Dan Feinberg is with us, uh, a TV critic for The Hollywood Reporter, writes for The Hollywood Reporter, has uh, his website and blog and all that cool stuff, The Fine Print, F-I-E-N. That's how you can find him. And we love to talk TV with Dan every uh, couple of weeks. Uh, Dan, how you been? Busy, watching, lots of stuff. (sighs) It really just does not slow down. And uh, with end-of-the-year stuff coming up, there are just a dozen different shows that I'm trying to catch up on with no success whatsoever. So, wee! Do you, uh, as we approach uh, the end of the year, we're at the end of October right now, and as we get closer to the end of the year, when you are getting ready to do 
you know, that end of the year stuff. Do you begin now or do you tally as the year goes on the stuff that you really like? Do you jot it down and go, oh, I'm going to put this one on? But do, do, do you keep track of the things that stand out for you? I, I do. It, to some degree, it's gotten a little easier in the past couple of years because we've all been forced to, because of the the never-closing maw of online content, uh, we've all been forced to start doing best-of-year year point things. Sure. And, and so that's an exercise that truly I, I hate because I'm like yeah. spoiling the surprises. But on the other hand, it does mean that at that point, you know, six months in, I go, okay, here are however many, and I know that probably of the five things that were on the midseason top 10, one or two might make it uh, and to the end of the year. And then so that helps. And then I have that document and then I start adding down at the bottom of the document things that I have to get to or things that I didn't finish or I don't know, things that that someone random told me were great. And then also uh, each year I'm on the various TV nominations juries for the Gotham Awards. Yeah, yeah. And the Gotham Awards, basically it's it's four or five of us and we sit and yell at each other to give out nominations relating to new shows. But what that does is it forces me to watch another handful of shows. So it's, it's an ongoing process. And then even still it gets to be beginning of December and my editor's like, I need your top 10 tomorrow. And at that point, I just make my peace with the five or six shows that I'm just not going to catch up on. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> busy time. And, and, you know, now that I'm back in it, uh, uh, you know, full-time seeing movies at, you know, uh, at, you know, critic screenings and, and, and pre-screenings and now covering the film festival as I did. And we're going to, uh, on the next episode, uh, Eric and, and, uh, Steve and I are going to go down the tons of movies that we saw at the festival and, and rattle off our top five or top 10 favorites. Um, I too am now like keeping track of things. And I have to say that on the movie side, Dan, uh, it's been a really strong year. Like I've, I've already got a top 20 list easy of Hmm. best films I've seen. Um, and you know, and a lot of the big crazy stuff comes out in the next couple, you know, like month and a half. So, um, but it's, it's been a strong year. Is that, is that, is that the case for TV as well? It's been a strange year is the, is the answer is, and, and I feel like probably more of my list this year is going to be returning shows than some years. I, you know, some years either because of dumb luck or whatever scheduling, et cetera, it's more new shows or, you know, when it gets to that last three or four spots, I save those spots for things that are new and maybe need the exposure this year. It it seems very reasonable that, five or six or seven of the shows in my top 10 could be returning shows. Uh, and, you know, like a lot of them will be shows that we talk about on a biweekly basis, you and I. Yeah. So, yeah, I, it, odd year is what I would say. Like, I, am yeah. I going to come up with a 10 that I really like? And will there be 10 more that I think absolutely just as good? Yes, but maybe... I don't know. We're, we're, we'll see. I, and also, who the heck knows what could come out in the next uh, two months. There could be brilliance coming out, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, you know, <clears throat> it, it's, it, you know, the, the end of the year. Stuff. Now, since returning shows are going to be mentioned uh, at your year end and how great some of them are, uh, I'm, I'm assuming Atlanta will be, <laughs> will be mentioned and near the top to, of those returning hard shows. Hard to tell. I think it's, I, I would guess it's going to be in the top ten, but it, uh, 
who knows if if something happens in the last few episodes of the season and let's say there are they're all standalone episodes connected to the standalone episodes from last season. I, I could see it falling to an honorable mention position hypothetically just as easily. I can see it uh, absolutely being in the top 10 easily. It, it's it's going to be close, I think. Maybe. I thought that I thought the last episode, the last two, because every time we talk, it's two episodes have aired, um, you know, since the last time we talked. And the, the episode before last with <laughs> was was completely was completely insane. Uh, and awesome, and had like uh, incredible, sh- you know, like a shootout in it uh, that came out of no, that came out of nowhere. What did you? How did you feel about the episode before last? I thought it was a very good episode, and I thought it was, as you say, it was a it was a wacky episode. Yes, it was. Yes. It was all sorts of crazy stuff happening and happening to Paperboy, and then you had uh, Ern and Darius debating whether or not to make out for a pair of new shoes, <laughs> and other things of that ilk. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a, I thought it was a fun episode, a good episode. I didn't think it was on the same level as uh, the, the Tyler Perry episode the week before though, or this past week's episode. This past week's episode was beautiful. That's the only word I get. I, <clears throat> I thought, and it was really funny because I saw it. I watched it. I believe within a few hours after I saw that goddamn Julia Roberts, George Clooney movie. <laughs> And and I was going to be on the I was going to be on uh, I, I I make an appearance uh, biweekly on this uh, radio show here in Chicago on WLS Steve Cochran show and I knew that uh, Steve's co-host would come after me because I don't like rom coms very much or no actually I shouldn't say that I like good rom coms I don't like terrible rom coms I like them when they're good and I was like I was going to bring up this episode of Atlanta uh, because I found it beautiful um, and it was romantic uh, and it was kind of the it was a it was incredible answer to what I had just seen in Ticket to Paradise, like this crass rich people on vacation. They just brought a camera to make a movie, uh, basically. Um, And then this really heartfelt, beautiful episode of Atlanta. For people who might not have seen it, it's still out there. What what were your thoughts on that one? I thought it was heartfelt and beautiful. I thought it was intimate. I thought it was a reminder once again, and I feel like I've now said this a couple weeks in a row, that it's becoming more and more clear to me, at least, that Zazie Beats is the MVP of this show. No question. And that and that the show is just better any time she's front and center. And You're not, I mean, not going to get an argument from me on that. <laughs> but, I, but I feel like maybe that wasn't as clear in the first couple seasons, or maybe I didn't say it enough, or maybe, you know, it's not like Lakeith Stanfield and Brian Tyree Henry, or obviously Donald Glover, are in any way bad. No. It's just becoming, it's coming to the point where any time I see the episode includes Vanessa, includes Ozzy Beats, I just know it's going to be a good episode because she is so good. And the stuff in this episode, it was so sincere and so sweet. And it had one or two brief crazy moments in it. Uh, But mostly it wasn't trying to be funny. It was just, it was also, I think it was probably the first episode that really felt to me like the show was coming towards an end. Absolutely. Yeah. And and so that made me that adds on another layer of sentiment where you go, oh, OK, they they realize there are things they need to get towards within four episodes. Here we go. We're yeah. having this conversation. And I guess they had in the episode with the with the shrink that also counts as a similar right. episode where, right. you know, the thi- the thing that was the premise of the entire series was him finding himself in Atlanta after getting kicked out of Princeton. So, you know, they had to answer that question and they did. But this this was much more seriously a thing that they knew they needed to deal with and 
and yeah, it was just, it was so soft and so beautiful and, and so different from the wacky episode the week before and different right. from the differently wacky episode the week before that. So yeah, yeah I, I thought it was really good. And another episode this season, which has been a reminder that when you give Donald Glover things to do, he's really, really good. Absolutely so. right. <clears throat> Agreed. Yeah. So anyway, Atlanta, I think, have you seen the new episode or are you going to see it with, with all of I us? Have, I have not watched. I, have, I just haven't had the time to get ahead on things is the problem. Gotcha. So, so gotcha. I will definitely, by the time we talk in two weeks, I will have seen the next two weeks episodes and that will bring us up to the, the penultimate. So yeah, God, that's so sad. I don't know. Yeah, anyway, uh, but it has had an, an amazing run, uh, an incredible show. Hey, uh, before we proceed, uh, you know, uh, just uh, a, a few hours ago as we record this, uh, we had the sad news that Leslie Jordan passed away. Um, so you, you want to talk a little bit about, uh, about uh, Leslie Jordan? And- just, a, just a quintessential scene stealer. That's, that's all there is. One of those people who anytime he popped up anywhere, you, you knew he would make you laugh, whether he was in character on Will and Grace, et cetera, et cetera, or whether he was popping up just as Leslie Jordan, as Leslie Jordan. Yeah, no, and, and the whole story as it's being reported currently is is so strange and, and sudden. Uh, yeah, it's it's hard to hard to process it, but but yes, yeah, very sad. Also, I was a little surprised he was only sixty seven. I had thought he was probably older, but Me that's Me too. Me too. That's I mean, you know he's he he was professionally white haired so that was yes. kind of a thing about him so and, who would have and, known and also he's been around for a really long time and there are connections here to Chicago uh, that that he had theater wise and so he'd always just kind of been around you know what I mean like uh, like by the time he shows up in that Mayan Bialik thing I'm like okay he's been in everything <laughs> um, and he was in that he was in that uh, God, what was that other uh, Fox show. Um, the yes, the one, with, the, one with Char- the one with Charlie Day, and which, which yes. if I recall correctly, you kind of liked, right? I didn't hate it, yeah. I okay, that was, <laughs> I might have overestimated it a hair, <laughs> but I remember that you did not hate it. So, right. Right. It, well, it was, it was such a good cast. And... Great cast, and he, he's, he's terrific. And, I, and, I, and as, I've, as I've said before, I, I've always loved him. I thought he was hilarious when they announced the Oscar nominations. Uh, just this, I thought he was hysterical. Like he was like clearly they just woke him up and he went, "What am I reading? What?" And it was funny. Um, and, and I like him and I like Mayim Bialik. I just can't stand that show. And and I I just keep getting reminded how much I like Mayim Bialik because I don't watch Jeopardy on a regular basis, but I have been watching Celebrity Jeopardy because it's <laughs> celebrities and it's on at night. Um, and I'm remind I think she's fantastic on Jeopardy. Does anybody huh. do, or, or, do people like her on Jeopardy? Because I think she's great on Jeopardy. It is. It is mixed, honestly. Uh, the The people who are in my Twitter sphere, for the most part, have been more Team Ken uh, yeah. since the split up began. Sure, uh, sure. but I, th- I think people people liked her when she, when she did her initial tryout run, and and that then put her forward. And I think people have always liked the idea of Mayim Bialik as being this actress who everyone grew up with who also has a phd you know i think yeah. they i think they find that amusing so yeah. Yeah. I, yeah i think she's great the thing about her is that i like her i really love her a lot i think she's great and i like her in interviews and i like her on jeopardy and i've always thought she was really wonderful i just don't like anything she's ever done on tv <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what i mean like the stuff where she's not her i can't like i can't stand big bang theory i you know blossom was i was too young or i was too old for blossom <laughs> Um, and this cat thing is just unwatchable. Um, so a lot of the stuff that she does, I mean, especially Big Bang Theory, I can't even tell you how much I hate that show. But I really love her. 
I don't know. I don't know how but that her, happens. That, her appearance on Big Bang Theory coincided with the show going from dreadfully bad to erratic. Like I, I think she, <laughs> like I'm not. I, so, and sometimes it was good. It was it was the kind of show where they would have one good episode and then would have two awful episodes, etc. But it, but for the first two or three seasons, they were all pretty much awful. And and when she arrived on the show, it was part of the show's realization that they needed to service the female characters better than they had initially when they were embarrassingly just all collectively treated as bimbos. Yeah. So the the show did get better better and it coincided with her on it um she also mm-hmm. she guested on tv's top five the the podcast that i do every week and she was a very good guest so uh you know she was she was very candid about things and she's had to be candid about things because she's she's had some opinions that are yeah somewhat questionable and some yeah. of them have been misinterpreted somewhat and others of them really haven't and they're still probably questionable and so there's there's all of that but i i still find her very interesting and uh um i know you <laughs> i know you hate james corden also she was on james oh. corden a couple weeks ago uh with Max Greenfield from New yeah, Girl. Sure. And they had a whole conversation because it was right in the middle of the Jewish High Holy Days about blowing the shofar. And, you know, if, if the, your Jewish listeners all, all know, and it was such a good guest appearance because the entire point was that she and Max Greenfield just went off on a, on a conversation themselves about blowing the shofar and about Jewish things. And James Corden just sat there utterly perplexed and unable to deal with the conversation in any way because he had no clue what they were talking about. And I appreciated the whole thing. Okay. All right. All right. Okay, cool. Oh, is it James Corden had no idea what to do? There's a shocker. Uh, <laughs> he, was this, he, was this he, before the revelation that he's an asshole? Was that, was it that was the, before, it uh, was before, it was before we quote unquote knew. And yet yeah, right. no one was actually all that surprised. <laughs> right. Well, anyway, uh, well, uh, anyway, well, back to Leslie Jordan, uh, uh, wonderful scene stealer as you mentioned and it's and it's a very strange story and it's a sad story but uh but we uh we we had to talk about uh, had to mention him because it For just sure. it, it happened just so recently as we record yep. this so as we're recording um, anyway hey a couple of uh, tweets that you did that i wanted to mention um i love that you that you tweeted wait so netflix is the watcher isn't the new horror movie watcher uh, or the tv show watcher or the keanu reeves movie the watcher <laughs> there's been a lot of watchers i never really thought about that but there's there really been a lot have of watchers. It's it's a lot of repetition, and it's not a particularly creative name for things at this point. And if all you want to do is confuse everybody's search engine optimization, well, apparently that's the thing you need to know. Uh, yeah. and, and then there was also The Witcher. And, uh, <laughs> right. And so both of those things my colleague Angie reviewed. And so we've already guaranteed uh, that when uh, the Watcher with an O or the Witcher with a U come out, <laughs> they are 100% hers. That right. is her niche and she can enjoy right. it. Right. And there's been, there's been two versions. You've got the Robert Zemeckis and the John Huston versions of the Witches, which might get screwed up in there somewhere. And uh, that might mess up your, uh, your search as Yes. Well. Once, you, once you open up the door at that point, you're pretty much screwed. And right. I've also, I've only watched three episodes of the Netflix, of the current Netflix, the watcher, but I've had enough people now tell me that the ending is horrible, that I am right in between either not wanting to watch another yeah. second of it or wanting to watch and find out why it was so horrible. Yeah. I have, I've not watched any of it because uh, I couldn't, I got through four 
almost four episodes of the Dahmer thing, and I went, I'm done. I can't. Which, uh, which is can't. too bad because, well, no, it's not really too bad. It's, I mean, the part, that, the part that's too bad is that you watched the four episodes. If you were going to watch the four episodes, things do start getting interesting at the fifth episode. So, yeah. like, in terms of amortized or lost cause cost, you're never going to get that time back anyway. <laughs> right. <laughs> but instead, you quit after the four unbearable episodes, and you missed the... There was one legitimately good episode. There were two episodes where you at least saw what they were doing. And yeah. so those are all in the second half of the season. So, well, I mean, the reason I the reason I, I wanted to stick with it mostly was because because of Molly Ringwald. Uh, that was kind okay. of one of the one of the reasons why I wanted to stick with it because I love her and it was great to see her. Uh, but yeah, but only ever so briefly. And again, she the she doesn't have a lot to do. There's no point yeah. at which you go, oh, okay, this yep. has all been worth it now for Molly Ringwald. But she does have. There's an episode that focuses primarily on the Richard Jenkins character, his father, and Molly Ringwald yeah. has a bigger part in that. There's a full yeah. episode that's more focused on Niecy Nash's character, and that's a better episode. It's. I, you know, but incredibly popular. I mean, I, yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, by the way, the 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 horror film uh, watcher. Um, this is, is the Keanu Reeves movie. No, no, the, oh. the new one, the twenty twenty two. Okay, the new yes. one is really good. Okay. Really, really, really uh, suspenseful. And I'm, I'm blanking on the actress's name. She was in It Follows. And uh, make, I guess, a, make a Monroe. Fantastic. She's great, and I guess she's only going to star in movies where she's followed by something or someone. I guess that's 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 her thing now. It's a she she is one of those actresses who I am consistently almost completely unable to recognize. Uh, yes. Which perplexes me. Another one of those actresses is one who I know is your favorite, uh Andrea Reesborough. I similarly oh my God. never I never remember what she looks like. And often I think she's very good in things. And say, and similar with, with uh, Maka Monroe, um, yeah. I often think she's good in things. And yeah. she's she's rather empirically good looking. And yet, if you were to ask me what she looked like, yep. I, I could not tell you. I feel that way. And yes, you mentioned Andrea Riceborough, who is just, I've, she's become my favorite actress over the past few years. Um, like her performance in Two Leslie, I can't even get into it. She's in this crazy, wonderful a uh, weird movie called Please Baby Please and it is a performance uh, uh that will be that will go down in history in the, in I'm, as I'm concerned or as far as I'm concerned very similarly uh to Ann Carlyle's performance in Liquid Sky it's that kind <laughs> of it's that sort of kind of that world iconic performance uh it's huh. fantastic. and she's I just think she's unbelievable and, and again you've talked about not recognizing her the, I remember the, I had seen her in a bunch of stuff. The first time where I went, wait a minute, uh, man, what, uh, she's a, it was Mandy, was the Nicolas Cage movie. That was the first movie where I was like, whoa, I got to take note of this woman. And she's, ne- and she's the best part. And I liked Amsterdam. I'm the only person, again, I'm the only person. <laughs> I've been very alone on a lot of things lately. I hated Tar. <laughs> I, I loved Amsterdam. Everybody hates Amsterdam. And she is, of, of that incredible you know, powerhouse cast of Amsterdam, best performance in it. Andrea Riceboro. She's, <laughs> and again, unrecognizable, as you said. And not surprisingly, uh, she, is, she is not being advertised as being a major part of that cast, <laughs> yeah, for whatever not. reason. Go figure. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, but she's, I, you know, yeah, I agree with you. She's unrec- one of those actresses that you really you don't recognize. You know who I feel that way about now, but who I've felt that way for a long time, but now is kind of becoming, you know, because, because she keep, keeps getting bigger and Oscar nomination. Florence Pugh is another one who I felt that way about. Oh, um, I've, I've been I've been in love with Florence Pugh since the first time I saw her. Yeah, so uh, and and her and the John Le Carre AMC 
yeah. adaptation she did uh definitely i i would not be able to forget her no then. and and I, i'm i'm telling i just saw uh the wonder they screened at the um the film festival here in chicago the wonder and she's magnificent in that and it's a really terrific movie and it's it's on Netflix, I believe, at the end of November. Yeah, um, look, I am, I am looking forward to seeing that one because it's going to be on Netflix. And yeah, I'm, and she's and great. As, and as for that, uh, the Harry Styles movie, we'll see when it comes to some streaming service. Oh, God. Oh, please, please. <laughs> um, okay, you know, you know what we didn't talk about, and we haven't talked about since since it was announced. We didn't talk about Trevor Noah going away. Um, and I and I know you've been you've talked about it. First of all, tell everybody about your podcast about the podcast that you do every week. Sure, uh, it, that would be TV's top five. It uh, is a Hollywood Reporter television based podcast. Uh, my co-host is Leslie Goldberg, who is a spectacular TV industry reporter, and so we cover the industry from our respective different sides. And then we have. Uh, guests every week showrunners usually so uh this past week we had attica and tembi Locke, who created from scratch on netflix currently week before that we had clea duval who is one of mm. the creators and directors of high school on freebie the and, uh, and by the way i do want to mention a, a terrific actress i think she's great Oh, and uh, absolutely. I love her, and she's great in John Carpenter's Ghost to Mars. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> it's a funny thing, because that did come up in the interview. Wait, no, Ghost of Mars <laughs> came up? It did, because <laughs> I... I because I because I asked her, and this is a favorite thing to do with someone who has a prolific assortment of credits. Basically, right. when people come up to you, what is the first thing that they recognize you from, and has that changed? And right. so, you know, the the answer was the faculty has right. been it for right. a long time, and then, right. uh, but I'm a cheerleader uh, because it is sure. iconic for gay audiences. Yep. And yep. then, and then she mentioned sometimes that she's very surprised and very <laughs> unable to unable to expect it when somebody comes up and says, "I loved you in Ghost of Mars." <laughs> So <laughs> that would be me, Dan. That would be she, me. She, uh, she, so she acknowledged that it is a thing that has happened in human history. Uh, and so, so there you go. <laughs> okay. But you had her on. She's, she's, I, I've always been a fan of hers in every way. Yeah. She's really good. She's really talented. And uh, high school, if people haven't watched it, is, is really, really good. It's, okay. uh, it is, you know, you do not need to care about Tegan and Sarah as a musical act in order to find it good. It is just a, a really solid, really earnest high school show. Uh, I compared it to Freaks and Geeks. She countered with my so-called life. I think probably her comparison is better. So Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, cool. So that's that's available and every uh, Friday. Uh, that yeah, podcast. Uh, yes, it is. Every Friday comes out every Friday morning. Uh, yeah, it's fun. Okay, great. Uh, and, I, and you told me uh, before we started uh, recording that I got name dropped on an episode. You did indeed, because for whatever bizarre reason, Welcome to Flatch came up <laughs> on the podcast, and uh, it's sort of one of those things where it's you know it's a direct trigger. If I hear Welcome to Flatch at this point, I go, oh, Nick likes it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, boy, there's a, there's been a, a lot of stuff uh, happening where I'm alone on an island lately. You know what I mean? I'm on that I'm on that I hate Tar Island all alone. I'm on the I love Amsterdam Island all alone, and I'm on the I watch Welcome to Flatch religiously all alone. The thing so. about about Tar, and I haven't seen it yet, so I do not know, but it has the feeling of the kind of movie that will be nominated for a dozen Oscars, yeah. and then that's when a larger. Um, <laughs> 
I don't know, backlash to some degree will occur. I think you yeah. will find people when it achieves enough success and enough visual success where people want to join a contrarian force. I guess, but I didn't, it's not something I wanted to do. I just didn't like the goddamn movie. Uh, so uh, anyway, well, back to Trevor Noah, uh, which is what I wanted to mention because we had not talked about it. His last show is December 8th. Um, your thoughts on Trevor Noah, his run uh, on the the Daily Show, um, you know, and I know you've talked about it and written about it and stuff, but I want to get your thoughts on this podcast. What are your thoughts? Sure. Um, I think that he's he's done a better job than anyone else, than anyone could have done. And I think that's sort of the bottom line is, is anyone who, the, the amount of people who hate him for a variety of reasons, some of which are justifiable, others of which are really just kind of weak and pathetic. I do think there are absolutely if, it's subjective. If you don't want to find him funny, that's fine. Don't find him funny. Yeah. Uh, but there's, you know, there, you tweet about him and a certain number of people will come out and say he was never funny to begin with, blah, blah, blah. And a lot of those people simply either watch one episode of the show and never watched anymore or watch clips periodically and whatever. Uh, he got better and he got better as he went along i don't think he ever started off badly but he got better in a job where anyone who took the job was going to fail whoever it was going to be was not going to be john stewart and right. that's the reality and john stewart as much as i worship the job he did on the daily show i a think that his uh apple tv show is a sanctimonious mixed bag. I think often when his sanctimony is directed and refined properly these days, it's still spectacular. You know, the the thing with whichever attorney general was pushing the anti-trans uh, bills, he was great and that went viral. And the number of people who watched that clip and went, he has a TV show again, right. is, was no doubt very, very high. So anyone who followed him was going to fail. He also came in at a moment at which there were so many people jumping into the marketplace at the exact same time. There was a one year period in which Samantha B started her show in which uh, Colbert moved over to CBS heck in which Corden started his show. Right. There were a bunch of shows that came at the exact same time and they were all doing the exact same Donald Trump jokes. Cause at that exact moment, there was nothing else you could do. And right. Right. you know, at the time it seemed like that was going to be a funny joke and turned out not to be. And then he had to follow up with that. And then he had to deal with the pandemic. So like one thing after another, there kept being stumbling blocks put in front of him. I think he consistently put on a solid show. I think he consistently did well with the headlines. I think he did a tremendous job cultivating the, the correspondents who are essential for the show. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that he was a dreadfully bad interviewer whenever he had to do an A-list star interview. I, he never figured out how to do that. Not not for a second. Uh, but I think when he did political interviews, when he did interviews with writers who aren't Hollywood-type writers, I, I think when he was interested in an interview subject, he was a very good interviewer. I think he did really... He did a great job in a situation where most people would have failed. And... I understand why he's feeling that he's at exactly the moment at which his career, which he has to try to figure out what his next act is, because he wasn't going to do this for for 40 years. And he's a smart enough man to know that. And I'll be curious to see what he does next. My guess is he will do some sort of travel type 
talking with people, bridging the gap type show, a little bit like what uh, Kamau Bell does on CNN. I think a show like that would probably allow him to both travel and talk to people, but also to make a lot of money on arena concert tours because he is still an extremely successful stand-up. So yeah, I, I, you know, and, and also I think that the entire late night space is about to be in a a huge amount of flux and it's going to be interesting to see where the value is in anything. So you had, so you've got the daily show with Trevor Noah, um, changing form, whatever that's going to mean. You had Jesus and Marrow end on Showtime. I'm still very sad about that. Yeah. Uh, Full Frontal with Samantha B ended one more time. Corden is Corden is leaving, so that is another. There, there's a lot of change in the late night space, and I think it's going to be interesting to see what it all is going to look like when the dust settles. Yeah. Um, I happen to be a really big fan of Trevor Noah's. Um, I've, I've seen him. I saw him here in the Chicago Theater uh, do his stand-up. I think he's a great stand-up. I think Born, Born a Crime is a tremendous book. I love his book. <clears throat> and I thought he did a great job. And I agree with you, not necessarily the interview portions of, uh, you know, as you mentioned, not so much with the celebrity interviews uh, uh, weren't great. But I thought that the correspondence that, you know, over the over the years that that Trevor has been doing the show, I happen to really love a lot of the correspondence. Like, I think Desi Lysak is hilarious. Uh, Roy Wood Jr. goes without saying. Big Cub fan too. Um, and, um, uh, Jabuki Young White, I think, is great. I Ronnie Chang, Dulce Sloan. I mean, I really love the correspondence that are on there. And I thought, you know, uh, uh, the chemistry between Trevor and those correspondents was always strong. And I've just been a big fan of his, and I and I've I've been. It's one of those deals where I've been rooting for him since the beginning, uh, because it was a uh, you know it was a situation where I think he needed some rooting, <laughs> and and I think he earned it. I think he's I think I, I think Trevor Noah is terrific, and I can't wait to see what he does next. I think I think he's very good. I think there's a lot of I think a lot of the detractors. There's a lot of bad faith to it. I think. Uh, I, you know, again, I, I tweeted articles I wrote and some people came at me with, uh, with now I can go back to watching the show cause it won't have a partisan hack anymore as if, uh, God, as if John Stewart, on, wa- a, as if John Stewart wasn't that and what? B it's just a way of saying you didn't watch the show. Cause he was, he was harsh on the Democrats failed resistance for four solid years. Absolutely. Trump. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, and then, and then you also had all of the people. Boy, the number of people who, who love coming and talking about the drop in ratings for the show over seven years ago, who have no idea about the state of television ratings at this particular moment, uh, yeah. is comical. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lo- there's a lot of bad faith arguing against him. I understand that that stylistically, he's not going to be everyone's cup of tea. And if you don't like him because you don't find him funny, that's fine. But. Yeah. But he had a lot going against him, and I appreciate how he handled yeah. it all. I also, you know, like during the, you know, what, uh, how the late night hosts ha- handled the pandemic. It's always interesting to see how that happened and, you know, how they dealt with it while it was happening. And now the changes that have been made because of the pandemic, like, uh, like, like in the smallest of ways, Seth Meyers no longer wears a suit. That's, a, that's one, of the, one of the things. And uh, Trevor Noah not, did not cut his hair and kept it. And I love that. I love his hair now. I, just, I, I loved it while it, was, while it was happening. He just let it go. And I love that when they came back with the studio audience, when things came back to whatever sense of normalcy that we have now, that he kept the hair. For some reason, that made me happy. It, it not only was it, did I think he looked great, but I thought it was like this. There was a, there was a statement to it. It was like, fuck you, I'm going to wear my hair like this. 
<laughs> I, just, I thought that was great. I am inclined to agree. Yeah. So, all right. Um, okay. Guillermo del Toro uh, has the Cabinet of Curiosities, uh, which you just rev- it just it just just landed on uh, the fine print F I E and and at the Hollywood Reporter. I I run a little hot and cold on Guillermo del Toro. Um, <laughs> I, I some of his stuff I absolutely love. Some of it I think is overrated. Uh, but I always find him worthy of a look. And and for my for my money, first of all, I can't wait to see his Pinocchio. I'm just can't wait to see it. Um, and for, but for my money, he made his best movie last year. Like my favorite Guillermo del Toro movie is Nightmare Alley, and I know that that's a very <laughs> uncommon opinion to have. But I'm I mean, very excited. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was because it was it was a Best Picture nominee. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't like it was totally. Uh, it was a box office bomb. But I think yeah. no, it was a. It was a good movie. I, yeah, I, I think thought it was great. a very good movie. I think it's great. Now I know you're a fan of. of I am. I am a large. I am a large fan, though with with certain reservations. But you know, I think I think Pan's Labyrinth is a masterpiece. I think Devil's Backbone is a masterpiece. Uh, I think Kronos is a a very good and fairly fresh vampire movie in a genre that often is pretty boring. So or pretty repetitive. To be it's sure. funny that you've mentioned all of the stuff that I really like. Like I'm not, I am not a big Shape of Water guy. I'm, I, you know, um, I like hell. I like Crimson Peak more than uh, than, than Shape of Water. <laughs> I know. I mean, the- but for but for me, Nightmare Alley was my favorite Del Toro since Devil's Backbone, which still remains my favorite Del Toro movie. And I still think it's a, it's the scariest goddamn thing he's done. Oh, I th- I, I think in terms of pure scariness, yeah, no, I I agree completely. I th- I think that I think that Pants Labyrinth is. For me, it's more emotional and therefore more emotionally bruising. But yeah. it's not; it's definitely not scary in the same way. Whereas Devil's Backbone is disturbing and, and yeah. haunting, and it, <laughs> yes, it, it is. absolutely is. Uh, no, I, you know he's got look. It, it just the you know there there the, there will be an audience out there that appreciates the sort of fanboy side of him, and so they'll love Hellboy. They'll absolutely. love I, you know I think I think his Blade movie. I think it was above average. Uh, superhero yeah. movie of its yeah, type. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I didn't really like Pacific Rim, unfortunately. But no, I, I'm in general a large yeah. fan, and I think and I think that he himself is so affable and amiable, a personality and a scholar of popular culture that I I appreciate him for that as well. Absolutely, I agree with you. I I, I agree. I agree. Well, Del Toro's new thing is called Cabinet of Curiosities. Tell me all about it. Yes, it is a eight-episode uh, anthology, horror anthology, where he basically plays the Alfred Hitchcock role. He he comes out and gives introductions to each of the films and then backs away quietly. He directed none of them. He co-wrote one and contributed the story for a couple others. So, But then he also does all sorts of littler Things and some things that people will notice, like the creature designs and all of the various things he co-designed all the creatures. And as a result, they have some resemblance to Guillermo del Toro creatures. But also, um, in addition to designing the creatures, the movement choreographer, for example, is the same movement choreographer he's used in all of his movies. So it's it's there's a lot of the the del Toro. Is Doug Jones craftsman. Involved? Is he Jones is involved? not. He okay. certainly could have been, given the number of creatures that come out of nowhere with large tentacles. Uh, it yeah. is much more in the Lovecraftian corner of his 
interests and gotcha. two of two of the things are based on actual lovecraft stories there's an adaptation of pickman's model and there's an adaptation of uh dreams in the witch house oh uh, sorry <laughs> which you're gonna be disappointed by because it's the worst of the eight films oh okay is, i'm sorry i just directed direct by Catherine hardwick and it is unfortunately yeah. i would say for me it was unquestionably the worst of the, oh no of i the love eight. that story oh. um so you'll you'll see uh okay. but yeah so it's it's eight films and they're from a bunch of extraordinarily reputable horror folks so uh guillermo navarro who was his longtime cinematographer and has been a director of things he directed one uh vincenzo natale directed one mm. david Pryor directed one uh anna lily amirpour directed yeah. one yeah. aforementioned Catherine hardwick uh you mentioned mandy earlier and uh and panos cosmatos directed oh, one okay and uh and Babadook and Nightingale director Jennifer Kent directed one. So that's but now tell that's, me that's tell me that's the best one. It's very it's very good. It's okay. it's also <laughs> easily the it's also easily the least scary of them is what okay. I would say. It is okay. yeah, but it also it stars Essie Davis, who was so oh. good in the Babadook and should have been nominated for an Oscar yeah, for it. Please. Um, and she gives a, she gives a fantastic performance. That one is the last of the eight. It's called The Murmuring, and it's a story of uh, two Two professional national naturalists, not nationalists, that would be a different thing, <laughs> right. uh, played by Essie Davis and Andrew Lincoln from uh, yeah. Walking Dead, who take up residence in an abandoned house while they're researching the flight patterns of a group of birds. And the house has a tragic history that ties into their personal tragic history. And it's, mm. it's really just a story about grief and, and childbirth and motherhood, which is to say yeah. an awful lot like the Babadook. So, I was just going to say, it's exactly like the Babadook. Except that the Babadook is, is really, really scary. And yeah. The the Babadook is terrifying. This one is not. This one is mostly watching two very good actors give very good performances for an hour, and you know, totally fine. But the the Panos Cosmatos episode is crazy. Yeah, <laughs> there's there's yeah. just there's just nothing else to be said about it. It's it's nutty and stars among other people Peter Weller, Eric Andre, <laughs> oh and Charlene Yi. It's a it's oh a very God. eclectic cast. <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, so I mentioned the Pikmin's model. It has Crispin Glover doing one of the more ridiculous uh, accents I've ever heard a human being do. Uh, it's, it's not a very good, uh, hour otherwise, but that's a great accent. The, my, my favorite of them, other than maybe the murmuring was, uh, the outside, which was the, uh, Annalily Amarpour episode, which is a great star vehicle for, of all people, uh, Kate Micucci who oh. people will recognize because sure. she is a great, funny woman. Yeah. Uh, and it's basically, it's a 1980s set story about a about an ugly duckling bank teller who becomes obsessed with a beauty product that uh, the pitch man on late night television promises will change her life. And uh, instead it produces a lot of rashes and then goo and then Ooh. other things. So, mm -hmm. all right. But there's there's also an episode called Graveyard Rats, which is about graveyard rats. Uh, <laughs> and so if you have a problem with rats, that is yeah. not an episode that I recommend. Okay. Uh, and yeah, it's so it's like basically any anthology series is going to be a, a mixed bag, you know. Right. And in your mind, people sort of remember 
the great episodes of the Twilight Zone, and then there were all of the other episodes of the Twilight Zone. Sure. Uh, some of which were great, and we just don't remember them. But some right. of them were also misses, and that right. happens. I would say this is probably two or three great ones, two or three really good ones, and two or three duds. And okay. so that's uh, perfectly yeah. reasonable. Well, I, I, you know, I was a, I, I was a big fan of Showtime's Masters of Horror back in the early 2000s. Um, be, um, well, first of all, because they got some, I mean, they got the major, they didn't screw around. They got major, you know, horror directors. Uh, and some of them were great and some of them were bad. That's just part of the anthology thing. That's what happens. Um, and this is, and this is like that. It's yeah. so, uh, but definitely worth, worth checking out. You know, it's a, it's a lot of spooky haunted houses, a lot of creepy tentacle things and a lot of goo. So okay. what else, what else do you want for the week before Halloween? Got it. Del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities. Where can people see it? And is it is it streaming now? Is it up now? It will be up on... Uh, by the time this drops, it will be... The first two episodes will be up. They're doing a an atypical Netflix rollout. They're doing two episodes a day uh, starting on the 25th. Really? It's not all at once? I have no idea why they decided to do it in this way, but... This is how they decided to do it. Okay. Uh, and and the uh, Jennifer Kent and uh, Panos Cosmatos yeah. ones are the la- will be their last. Of course two. they are. Of, co- of course they are. <laughs> okay, great. Well, I'm, I'm definitely going to watch it. I, you know, obviously, that's right up my alley. So uh, Gamble del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities uh, will be on Netflix as, uh, as this actually hits. Uh, real quickly before we get out of here, The Peripheral. Um, speaking of, uh, of, of kind of weird uh, series, this is uh, Chloe Grace Moretz. And I love it. You basically said for people who got bored with Westworld or just didn't care about the complexities of it, this is a little bit more palatable. Absolutely. It is uh, It is based on a William Gibson novel, based very loosely on a William Gibson novel. It kind of takes the initial conceit, which involves a young woman who is a, a very talented gamer who tests out an important new piece of equipment which takes her into a virtual reality sim in which she finds herself in London 75 years in the future, but it turns out that the sim is not actually a sim. It's actually a data-based piece of time travel, and she sees something in the sim that makes people want to kill her in two different timelines. Mm. Uh, And so there's a lot of the virtual reality and synthetic reality stuff. There are robots and and there there are many, many kind of superficial aspects that feel a lot like Westworld. But at the point at which Westworld is going up its own butt each season and, (laughs) and the point at which I get sick of Westworld each season and go back to good God, why don't you just, tell a story uh there's a lot of story here and it's the show is executive produced by uh jonathan nolan and lisa Mm. joy who are the creators of westworld so it's a a fairly logical thing but the actual creator is is novelist scott smith who uh who wrote the ruins uh who wrote the billy bob thornton finds a bag of money uh and has very very bad teeth movie um which right. I'm blanking on its why, name why, for some why, reason. I can't remember the name of it either. Yeah, I don't know. I've, I've talked uh, about this enough times. You'd think I would have the, the memory in my head, and yet for some reason finds it's... Finds a uh, bag of money. Who else is in it? Oh, you know it. It's Bill Paxton. It was one the, false it was, move. Yes, exactly. No, 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 no. no. It's a simple, pl- a simple oh, plan. Oh, simple plan. It's, Sam Raimi, simple plan. Yes, yes indeed. Yes, yes. Well, he had bad teeth and one false move, too, so I guess... <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, I am. I am, however, in this case, referring to a simple plan. A simple plan, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so no, it's it's very well produced. The effects are very good. It is sometimes very intriguing in its futuristic depictions and all of that. It's also extremely familiar. And so, yeah, I, I think it is kind of Westworld light, but you also have to know that if you are bored to tears by Westworld or have gotten to the point now where you just can't stomach that worldview because you know it's going to become kind of twisted in on itself and yeah. won't be a story anymore. Yeah. You might be annoyed right from the get-go. I I preferred this because it kind of reminded me of the first two or three episodes of every Westworld season where I go, oh, okay, this looks like it's going to be a good season of Westworld, and then it inevitably turns out not to right. be. So. Right. Okay. All right, yeah. that's the peripheral, and it's on Amazon now. I always root for... Uh... For Chloe Grace Moretz, I love her. I think she's great. She is she is solid in it. I would not say remarkable, but it's a it's a pretty good cast around her, and it's it's got good things about it. It's and it's she, not a perfect show. And but. I admire that she does weird sort of uh, over the years. She's done weird sort of genre stuff, and uh, and kind of excels at that. I think so. Uh, which is you know, I mean, she's in the remake of Suspiria, which I, which <laughs> I love. So. Um, yeah, she's also in the remake of Carrie. She was also in the remake of Let the Right One In. That's another thing that she was doing for a while. Like she was in, she was in a lot of horror movie remakes. So uh, consider this to be a remake of uh, Westworld. Westworld, and, and it's there it right is. there. So the peripheral available on Amazon. Okay, all right. Are you are you diving into anything uh, that that you're going to be writing about uh, before we meet again in two weeks? Before we meet again. Uh... I'm currently in the process of watching episodes of Netflix's Adam's Family spinoff Wednesday, which I cannot uh, discuss yet. Okay. Uh, but but maybe two visits from now, because it's okay. not until November. But All right. Uh, that is well, the I'm next watching. time we talk, I believe, is will be November 8th. It is, uh, I believe, the tw- I believe it is Thanksgiving week that it actually comes out. So we'll, oh, we'll figure okay. out the timing on all we'll this. We'll figure but... out the time on that. But yeah, I think the next the next time we talk... Uh, the episode will drop on Tuesday, November eighth. But we'll have, we'll, even if we can't talk about Wednesday, there's plenty of stuff we can talk about. So there you go. So much to talk about. All right. Uh, fine print. F I E N. The fine print and the Hollywood Reporter. Dan, always a pleasure, my friend. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Till the next time, Nick. Okay, buddy. Take care. Bye. Dan Feinberg uh, is the best. Best about uh, TV. He's fantastic. And you know who else is the best? Esmeralda Leon. Esmeralda. Yeah. Esmeralda Leon. get to hear that live on stage yes that is very exciting <laughs> acoustic so acoustic i'm assuming okay, yeah <laughs> acu- acoustic skags i believe is what the album's going to be called it'll be called acoustic nice. skags. live at zanies live at zanies acoustic <laughs> skags yeah we'll get to hear that theme the opening theme and uh my dad's joke theme all that stuff jason is flying in jason skags the guy who does all the music all the themes all the jokes all the the crazy stuff. Uh, There's my oldest lover. All of the themes and the music. This is him. Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. man. 
anyway, he's going to be on stage with us at Zany's in Rosemont when we do the live version of the Nick D podcast. And he's flying in just for the night. Isn't that crazy? That is very kind of him. It is incredible. <laughs> like he doesn't have to do that at all. No, but he's so excited. Super, he just, super nice. It's going to be great. And we'll get a chance to, everybody will get a chance to meet Jason and actually meet the guy who does all the craziness on this podcast. And again, that's Tuesday, November 15th, the Nick D Podcast Live. Me, Esmeralda, on the stage. You in the audience. We've got uh, prizes to give away. Special uh, guests. Surprise guests, by the way. I'll give you hint number two. Are you ready for hint number two? Mm, About our super cool and awesome. Even if you don't guess who this person is, it will be awesome. First, I said that this person, this special guest, is considered a patriot. You remember that. And the second uh, clue, Esmeralda, are you ready? Mm Mm-hmm is uh, if you pay this guest a dime, perhaps this guest will tell you a story. Mm-hmm. Dime stories mm-hmm. of some kind? Perhaps if we pay a dime, we can hear a dime story. So that's another clue of who the special guest is. Uh, we're going to have a, a lot of fun that night. So please, uh, hey, reserve your uh, tickets now. We want to pack the place so that maybe we can do this monthly. It would be so cool to do that, to meet up with all of our, oh, our, yeah. our subscribers and stuff. So, And Zany said, hey, bring the people out. We'll be happy to do it. So Tuesday, November 15th, 730, Zany's in Rosemont. Really easy to get to. Food, restaurants, bars everywhere. Really easy parking, all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, Nick D Podcast Live. You can call the box office at 847-813-0484, 847-813-0484, or the website is rosemont.zanies.com. We expect uh, you all to come out. Zanies and Rosemont, Tuesday, November 15th at 730, and Skaggs Live doing that theme. So that should be cool. Awesome. Hey, how was your weekend? Did you do anything uh, fun? Or? Uh, it was good. We went yeah. uh, Friday. We went to a show at Shuba's. Uh, for a band called The Beaches, mm-hmm. which was fun. Uh, they're uh, like a a quartet, I guess. Well, if there's four um, of them, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, four, uh, four lovely ladies from uh, Toronto. Uh, so that was fun to do. Oh, Canadian, some Canadian quartets. Yeah. <laughs> she was in such a great room. Uh, yeah, I am... Um, it was interesting because we thought they were bigger than Shuba's, you know, because yeah. it is a small room. So, it is. But they sold out. Yeah. Which it is was... great because they said that this was, uh, so they've been on tour, I don't know how long, but they said that this was their first sold out show. Oh, that's so. nice. Very, very cool. Well, that's cool. That's fun. And Shuba's, man, always a delight to go to that place. It's been a long time yes. since I've been there. But uh, one, of my favorite, one of my favorite rooms in the city to see a concert. Is, uh, yeah, is you can eat food there now too because yeah. there's a restaurant next door, and they will uh, they have a little bit of a menu oh, on cool. the Shuba side that yeah. uh, they make over there. For them. very cool, very cool. I'm trying to remember the last time I was at Shuba's. It might have been Bill Janovitz. Bill played there when he came to town uh, a few years back um, for a solo without Buffalo Tom. He did uh, a couple of solo shows at Shuba's. I think that was the last time I was there. It's a long time. So, but that a great is place. A long time. That's a very long time. Yeah, uh, but a great place though. So, uh, oh, oh, wait a minute. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Hi, Nick's show. Hi, Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, mm-hmm. and oh, I, I love Nick's show. She's still wearing, uh, like, makeup of uh, mask on. She's got, like, a, a Planet of the Apes mask on right now because of yeah. Halloween. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course. So she's not going to. Do it. <laughs> she has one is... for every, every time. 
every it, time she opens the door, it's a every time she mask. opens the door, she's gonna have a different mask because you know. Yeah. And you still dance. I'm assuming you still boogie every oh, time yeah. that comes out. Oh no, I'm I'm. <laughs> there's a camera. You would see me. <laughs> That's right. Doing a little well, dance, a little chair we, dance. We did our full-on official uh, uh, spooktacular. And uh, you remember we were? I, I told you that uh, you know some of the uh, uh, some of the other classy moves that the uh, that WGN did was by not sending me some of my stuff back. That was my yeah. You know from the from uh, from possessions of my own from my office that they didn't let me come in and clear out that they yeah, boxed yeah. up and sent to me. Yeah, uh, and one of those things that was missing was the the sound effects, the scary sound CD. Well. Um, Apparently, we struck a nerve with some people because they were all like, oh. hey, we'll, f- we'll find it for you, blah, blah, blah. Oh. So uh, Deanna, who you know, uh, a friend of ours, a great listener yeah. who, who came out yeah. to uh, Flashback Convention to see our live yes. podcast there. Yeah. Deanna's great. great. She's the one who sent us the weird flavored candy. She's been a mm-hmm. fan of mine since mm-hmm. years, years back. She's a lovely, lovely woman, and, and I adore her. She actually found a copy of the Scary she Sound CD. She did not. And she's going to send it to me. <laughs> And then, you know Jim Leskowski, our buddy Jim? Yes. Jim the movie freak. Jim has also been a fan of, uh, of my show forever, back, back dating back to the Roy days. And when he mm-hmm. heard that I didn't have the scary sound CD that we played every single Halloween for over 20 years, uh, and especially the screaming guy. Remember we were trying to replace the screaming sound effect? Yeah, well, that was the, you know, that was one of the... the- the most uh, one of the that stood out, yeah, of that whole yeah. CD. One of the most was popular that screaming I think, guy. Well, listen to this. Ah! Ah! Like kind of maybe it's that's him. His ah! It's him. Ah! Oh, this is the one. This is ah! it. Ah! It's him. Ah! <laughs> ah! Yep. That- Yep, you remember this. There we go. So it's officially Halloween. It goes, it goes up like in. Oh yeah, it continues. This goes on for, if I remember correctly, almost two minutes. Yeah, but it's yeah. just like in the beginning, he's just kind of like, yeah, uh, kind of scared. And he's like, yeah. wait a minute, nope, this is getting serious. It, and his friends show up too at some point. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, not so bad now. Wait, oh. Oh, oh, maybe. Wait. Ah! Oh, that was, that was good. Oh, there you no. go. Oh. Right. Oh <laughs> <laughs> it almost, you know, if you think about it in a different way. Oh, they left him. Oh. It almost sounds like he's talking. Yeah. Like his his speech is just screams, <laughs> and at one point, you know, he's yeah. just talking to himself, oh, yeah. and then his friends show up. Oh, oh. oh. oh okay. Oh. You got some energy. Yeah. Oh. 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 Yeah. It was like it got bad, and then he kind of just like, well, no. now I'm used to it. 
Wow. And uh, that's it. There it is. So Jim, that's... Uh, that is that's it. That is the actual screaming wow. man sound effect from the Scary Sound CD, which I lost uh, after I got canned. Did he uh, say what he where he found it or what? I, he he, he said he, he sa- I guess he saved it from. One copy? of my a copy copied it or something I don't know, but he sent it to me and and I'm grateful and uh so that I won't play the whole thing, but that's him, that's him. <laughs> so that's him. He's back. I will say that the ones that we tried, those seem to be relate. Like they they sound well, like it's his brother. <laughs> I just so happen to have some of those. So let me let's let's we'll try these again. And I remember some of them we liked. Here's one. <laughs> Remember, okay, that was the yeah, one. No. Oh, wait. Yeah. Wait, wait, somebody that actually. Hold on. Somebody sent an email regarding that one. Wait a second. Oh, uh, okay. er, yeah. Eric said, hey, uh, hey, Nick, I love the uh, sound effects that you guys were playing. Um, that one screaming sound effect doesn't sound like Michael Jackson. It sounds like Prince stepped on a nail. So. Wait. I get. Yeah. Wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Prince just stepped on a nail. Oh, boy. We told him, don't go barefoot. Right. I wouldn't listen. So that's that's what that's one of them. Here's another one. Here's another. This is this is the one I think the where he's falling. <laughs> right. Yeah, see, it feels similar, like cousins. Yeah. Cousins. <laughs> All right, let's see what the next one was. These these are the ones we were trying to replace. We can't replace this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That guy we can't replace, but here we go. <laughs> Although that one has a little more oomph to it, you it know. It does. It does. Here's started this, out strong. This one. <laughs> we couldn't figure <laughs> out, right? I mean, that's <laughs> like you know, you're walking somewhere and you see a spider. Like you just kind of see something yeah. in the corner of your eye and you get freaked out. Is it this one? That's that. <laughs> that's see, a lot that of reverb. Sounds like them, though. That does sound like that way. You know, with the reverb, though. Ah! Yeah, they could be related. They yeah. could be related. Okay. Um, we got that one already. Okay, well, here's the. Ah! He's kind of similar, right? Yeah. Okay. Where's uh? We need the one where he fall. Like you hear the fall. This one. What? Oh, no, that's what. The way. <laughs> what? God. All right. Here's the one that I think this is the one we were talking about. Ah! Oh, that's, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay. Well, uh, anyway, thank you to, and we got a lot of feedback where people were pissed about the fact that I didn't get my scary sound CD and Deanna's going to send the whole thing. So I'll have it. Well, I mean, I'm going to have it in time for next year <laughs> to that's play. A, that's amazing though. To go back and play through them. But we do have this guy. Ah! So he's the original guy, and thank you to Jim for uh, getting that back to us. I wow, didn't think I was ever going to hear it again. I know, but see, this is this is how much I love my my subscribers and my listeners. They they're 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 awesome people. It's just insane, yeah. insane. And we'll we'll get to meet them up close on November fifteenth, which is gonna oh, be, looking forward to it. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> it's going to be a little bit like this. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Um, what? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What? <laughs> what? Almost like someone told him something that uh, he already knew, and he had to keep it a secret. What? So he's like, "Oh, what?" <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
there's Prince uh, standing on the second Those two are having a dance battle. All right. He fell off. He did. Hey, you know how I've uh, we've been requesting that people, if they want to hear a special megaphone magic megaphone message? Mm-hmm. I don't know why this is why people are continuing to do this. Because it's fun. Because I have a crazy <laughs> megaphone and I can record messages on it with my goofy voice and then play it back repeatedly. And I was like, "Hey, if you would like, and you know, a, 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 a megaphone message recorded exclusively for you with a message you would like to send out." Send me an email at nickdpodcast at gmail.com and tell me what to say. Well, Jim sent, Jim sent me an email, and I'll have to explain this one, I think, after you hear it. But I, there, okay. is a re, there is a reason. But here's, here's, the, here's the new. And by the way, again, if you want a mystery megaphone message exclusively recorded for you, tell me what you want me to say into the megaphone, and we'll play it back for you. Nickdpodcast at gmail.com. Jim wanted this. Please don't eat the big white mint. So, all right. So that. Uh, all right. You know, can I say this? People, people love to use this thing as a cautionary. <laughs> I, I, it is. Don't eat the pink chicken. Don't eat the pink chicken. Right. No Don't pink eat the chicken. big white mint. Don't eat the big white mint. Uh, but let me explain that here. Please right. don't eat the big white mint. All is right. it what I? Is it what I think? Can I what guess? Th- yeah, guess. Uh, toy the to- the. Uh, puck toilet puck yes that's exactly <laughs> it's a line from roadhouse mm, okay. um it is the urinal cake is what they're actually yes. called because you would you it's a it's a minty cake that they throw <laughs> into the urinal to kind of freshen it up because so many people pee in the urinal so many guys pee right. in the urinal and everybody's pee has a distinctive odor of some kind mm-hmm. and so you want to yeah. You want to like uh, placate that odor. <laughs> you want to placate the odor <laughs> by putting the uh, by putting the urinal uh, cake in there. Exactly. And the li- yeah. the the line in Roadhouse is uh, Patrick Swayze calls up the great Sam Elliott uh, to see if he would be interested in coming and bouncing at the double do at the double deuce, or as he calls mm. it, the double douche, as he calls. This it. is uh, this is a. Uh... No mustache, Sam Elliott. Right? No, 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 no. Full on mustache. Wait, does he? Oh. Oh yeah, no, no, no. Full on mustache in Roadhouse. Oh yeah. Does he have a beard as well? Maybe that's. He's gr- he's very uh, grimy. He's like three day beardy. He's unshaven, but a full on mustache. Like yeah. it's full. Okay. It's it's Sam Elliott at his most badass. <laughs> so then he plays Dalton. Dalton. Uh, so he calls him. Calls him up. Um, oh, he's very. Oh, he's got good hair. You know, he's fant- he is as luscious as it as it gets. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah. So uh, no, Dalton is. Uh, I'm sorry, Dalton is is. Um, he's uh, Wade Garrett. He's Wade. Yeah, Wade Garrett. Dalton is Swayze. Yes. So uh, Dalton calls up Wade and says, you know, wants to offer him a job to be, you know, an, an assistant bouncer uh, at the at the double douche. And he's like, how you doing? He's like, oh, I'll tell you, this place I'm working at is so shitty. They got a big sign over the urinal that says, please don't eat the big white mint. That's the, that's the line. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where Jim got this that, uh, that he wanted to hear. Uh, oh, please don't eat the big white mint. 
So that's where that's from. Mm, mm-hmm. So there you go. Yet another spectacularly intelligent message that someone wanted on the megaphone. And if you. <laughs> yeah, Sam Elliott, there's a lot of pictures. He's a good I'm man. Looking at, uh, I'm, lo- I'm looking at Google Sam Elliott Roadhouse and there's just. There's a lot of pictures of him looking like really sultry into the camera. Oh yeah, yeah, sexy and filthy. <laughs> he's sexy and filthy. He's uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's so good in that movie. That movie rules. You know who else likes that movie? Sink your teeth into that. Yeah. Loves doing roundhouse kicks. He did. Yeah. <laughs> See, are you now just like just? Are, have you gotten into the wormhole of Roadhouse now? On no. the <laughs> no, I'm still staring at Sam Elliott. Yeah, I'm t- that's what I'm saying. Bedroom man. eyes. Uh, well, he's he's a lovely, <laughs> lovely man. I uh, I can tell you that much. Um, but yeah, the, so that line is from Roadhouse. Don't eat the big white mint. And mm-hmm. you, what what happened there, Esmeralda? Did you? I your... touched something. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. You don't want to touch anything. That's something you don't want to do. All right. Uh, here's an email, Esmeralda. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. Now, remember we were talking about uh, we, were going down, we were going down the list on, on the Spooktacular. We were going down the list of the, the most popular Halloween costumes from 2022. Yes, yes. And we, we were going by how, you know, the old standbys, your favorite, you know, the ones that are there every year, witch and all that stuff. And, mm-hmm. and how everything is sexy, how you can make anything sexy. Oh, yeah. You know, just... You know, wear a little, wear like a p- sexy pumpkin, you wear like a little half, like, a, you know, brassiere that looks like a pumpkin. You push up your tits and suddenly right. it's, it's As sexy. long as it's orange, you're fine. Right. <laughs> you're fine. Sexy orange. Well, Sarah sent this email. We were talking about some of the costumes that you wore and that I wore when we, when we were younger, remember? Mm-hmm. Okay. Sarah says, I was heading home from work, uh, work conference in Bloomington Normal and had just queued up your spooktacular episode when I saw this sign in the distance from a stoplight. And she sent an attached photo that says, I thought it said, ask about licorice pizza until I looked at the picture when I took it. And it's not licorice pizza. Uh, mm-hmm. but, she, but she goes, also, Esma mentioned, uh, uh, by, by the way, everybody calls you, you're okay with it. Because Jason is very, Skaggs is like really upset now because he's like, did I start something by calling her Esma? <laughs> Do you hate it or no? No, it's fine. Oh, okay. I've, right. I've actually never heard that one before. No, (laughs) leave it to Skaggs. Leave it to Skaggs. You know what I mean? So Esma also mentioned her. You ready? Mm Mm-hmm. Lady Lovely Locks costume on the show. Yes. Okay. And then Sarah goes on to say, I had forgotten entirely about Lady Lovely Locks, but when I was a kid, I had a Lady Lovely Locks sleeping bag and matching aluminum bed tray. Yeah. I'm telling you, she was popular, but like, kind of just ju- just fell off. You know, what was people her, what don't was really the, remember her. What explain for for people who might not remember who Lady uh, Lady Lovely Locks is? Was it a TV show? Uh, yes. Okay. It was a TV show. So apparently, I'm looking at the Wikipedia. She is part of. This is kind of sad. Um, well, I didn't know this as well that uh. Lady Lovely Locks, as well as Strawberry Shortcake, Care Bears, and Popples, were created by American Greetings Corporation. Ah, uh, sure. Yeah. The 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 card company. Sure. So um, before but she before had they had a toy line and she had an animated series, but she is the princess of the kingdom of Lovely Locks. <laughs> Here's what she says. She did some research too. Sarah did. 
um, because she had uh, the Lady Lovely Lux sleeping bag and, as she mentioned, the matching aluminum bed tray. Mm-hmm. But she says, I don't remember ever watching the show or having any other merchandise for some reason. Yeah, same. And it says, but I looked it up and evidently there were 20 episodes and it featured other characters such as Maiden Fair Hair and Maiden Curly Crown. I remember having one of those plastic costumes with the masks and I remember it being a Barbie costume. But after Esma's comments, I find myself wondering if it was actually a Lady Lovely Locks costume. Maybe because yeah, they're they're very similar. Yeah, um, she's now, Lady Lovely Locks is a little more hippie than. Barbie. Do you rem- do you remember Maiden Curly Crown or Maiden Fair Hair from the show? I do show? not. I do not. Um, um, I guess I just remember were... the blonde one, which and is that Lady would be Lovely Locks. Lady Lovely Locks. <laughs> and then Sarah says, "I wish I could make it to the live podcast next month, but but it's not going to work out. But I will keep my fingers crossed that you do a next one, and I will be there." So she can't make it to this nice. one, but she wants to be the next one. But anyway, She'll thank be there you, Sarah. In spirit. Yes, thank you, Sarah. So, Lady <laughs> yeah, Lovely Locks, you're not the only one. You're not the only one. I I'm the same though. Don't remember the show or anything, but I had the costume and I had a puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Um, Jackie sends a an email, and this is an interesting spelling. I like this. J a c q u i e. That's how she spells it, Jackie, mm-hmm. and I'm assuming it's it's pronounced that way. J-A-C-Q-U-I-E. Jackie says, Hi, Nick. Hi, Esmeralda. I just got my tickets to the show at Zany's, and I'm so nice. excited. I have school-age kids, so I'm not able to listen to your podcast a lot, but I've been spending a lot of time in my car driving them places lately, and it's such a treat to listen to you guys. Oh, God, she's got her kids in the car. I say fuck all the time on this podcast. Oh, like they've never heard it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, well, thank you, uh, Jackie, and she's going to be at the show. Yay! So, Exciting. Jackie, make sure you come up and say hi to me and Esma. Jackie, thank you very much. She's got her tickets to the Nick D Podcast Live on November 15th. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming when you did that, you looked into the imaginary camera that's in your I home. I did. Put, right well, into the camera. Yeah, imaginary camera. I'm on house Do arrest. Do you? Are you kidding? <laughs> Uh, Joshua says, Dear Nick, I just subscribed to your podcast and I have some catching up to do, but I've been a big fan going all the way back to your shared time with Gary Lee Wright. That goes back to 1998, Esmeralda. I vividly recall the Grill Man story. Um, Yeah, I guess that's a favorite, Esmeralda, the Grill Man story. Nice. I guess. Um, Yeah. I think I might have to tell that one if people haven't heard it. I might tell it at Zany's. I don't know. I think so. It's a good one. Um, I came across a video on YouTube featuring you and I was delighted. It was a video... It was so old, um, but the audio is hilarious, and it's it's me doing my bit. Uh, somebody took my audio of me going off on the video for "Hello," the uh, Lionel Richie song. Oh, okay. And <laughs> this is like the Adele song. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, no, "Hello," I love the Adele song, uh, but "Hello." Where I kind of go off on Lionel Richie because like he right. is like basically harassing a blind woman in the middle of the night yeah. by calling her and then just hanging mm-hmm. up on her, and I make fun <laughs> of the video. And someone took the audio of me going off on that video and mm-hmm. combined it with the video, so it's like audio commentary. Oh, the <laughs> oh lord! <laughs> and it's on YouTube, um, and it's been on there for years. Uh, but so you it's can just find you it. yelling at Lionel Richie. It's, it's me doing what I said, on, what I did on the air, where I was riffing on yeah. how much. You know how much I hate the Hello video and that Lionel Richie was much cooler when he's with the Commodores. And, and and just basically talking about how creepy it was that he would call this blind chick up in the middle of the night and just mm-hmm. hang up on her. Like go, hello, and then hang up. 
Um, so he found this, Joshua found this, he played it, he thought it was funny as hell. Uh, and he's like, uh, continued success, and I'm going to make it, uh, I'm going to try to make it out to Zanies on the 15th. Uh, I will have to change some things around, but he's going to come out. But he did want me to know that there is this video of me talking about hello from years ago. <laughs> well, um, that's fun. So anyway, he's going to try and come out to uh, the podcast as well. Very so, exciting. Yeah, it'll be cool. Uh, we have a voicemail, Esmeralda. Oh. Uh, did I load it so up? So much there? participation. I love it. Wait a minute. Oh, no, I didn't load it up. Oh, boy. Uh-oh. <laughs> Hold on. Let me see if I can do this. If Damn it, Nick. <laughs> oh, wait. I got that. Wait, wait, I do have that. Wait a minute. I do have that. Wait. Where is that? Here we go. God damn it, Nick. Yeah, that's go. right. God go. damn it, Nick. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, the voice. All right. Let me see if I can do this. Are you ready, Esmeralda? Okay. All right. If we if everything blows are you up. Are do it live or what are you doing I'm going to do it live. I'm going to do it live. Oh, boy. If everything blows up. All right. Will, yeah. Well, no one will know the why. Let's see. Oh, wait. Here we go. I got it. Here we go. Hey, oh. Nick. This is Bill from Galt, Illinois. I used to work at Old Chicago many years ago. Uh, I wanted to correct one thing. It closed on St. Patrick's Day, 1980. And uh, I was actually running the roundup ride for the uh, movie. Uh, if you recall the movie. Well, the other thing about that movie was the airplane thing that they used to uh, have the gentleman fly into the beer garden never operated because whenever it would stop, it would all crash together. Bye. Well, thank you. Oh. So now we were talking, that's from old Chicago, because we found out, at least I found out, I wasn't aware that you weren't born in Joliet. You were born yeah, in no. Elmer- Elmhurst, though, right? You said? No, Hinsdale. Hinsdale in a, in a sanitarium. <laughs> you were born in well, a, in a ins- hospital and it, sanitarium. <laughs> right. And, and, but you spent a portion of your childhood in Bolingbrook. Yes. Before yes. you moved to Joliet. Yes. And I was fascinated by that. And then, of course, whenever anybody mentions Bolingbrook, the first thing that comes into my head is the legendary indoor mall slash yeah, uh, uh, amusement park, Old Chicago. So we talked about Old Chicago. And there's a guy who worked there who used to yeah. run the rides. And he says, so he was uh, there during the filming. Of The, the Fury. Movie? The movie nice. The Fury. Yeah. So he was there. Do you there. think he's got a credit? God, I hope so. I'll go back. Give me another excuse to watch that goddamn movie. I love it. <laughs> so. Yeah, watch out for him. He's filming. Yeah, I the, will. What did I'll he look say? The round. Ch- the Charlie. Round. He was. Re- yeah, he was like the roundup guy. So we'll uh, mm, okay. we'll see what. It, and the roundup is featured in that scene where Andrew Stevens. Well, there is you go. You might see him. Maybe his arm yeah. or something. I will look for him. <laughs> anyway, so thank you for that. But it closed on apparently it closed on St. Patrick's Day, nineteen eighty. Okay. So yeah, it was, was closed was even before. From- you weren't even born by, <laughs> yeah. at, at that point. So, um, all right. Well, uh, so anyway, catching up on some of that stuff. Uh, there we go. Uh, and, uh, Look into my eyes. Gotcha. All right. Wow. Um, yeah. So we were talking about creepy celebrities. Yes. And we didn't finish uh, the, this article. What were some of the other ones that, looking at this article again, because uh, creepy, creepy fits along with spooktacular. It fits along with Halloween. Oh, of course. So what, what else, who else do you find creepy or maybe not find creepy? Because we were, uh, uh, the last time we talked about the creepy actors or creepy actors and stuff like that, you and I kept finding ways that we were like, no, they're sexy. Remember, we were like. <laughs> right, yeah, like we didn't really find them that creepy. <laughs> yeah, and in some cases we found them sexy, you know. It's uh, like we can see why they're creepy, but they're right. not really that creepy. Right, right. So uh, what, anything else stand out uh, for you there? Um, in the creepy 
celebrity or creepy actors uh, category? Well, I will. I will go with um, Jack Nicholson. He's got moments. Yeah. Especially that one movie, uh, the one about I think it's Adam Sandler, and he's got the the um, anger management. The anger. Oh yeah, there you go. Anger it's management. It's called anger management. <laughs> <laughs> but there's that scene where he's like smiling or whatever, Jack Nicholson, yeah. and he's just yeah. frightening. Frightening. Well, I mean, creepy. I think I think most people, if you're gonna go creepy, Jack Nicholson, most people go to uh, The Shining. Mm-hmm. That's that's the I, one that I didn't really see him creepy. No, really, really. <laughs> I mean, yes, but like I get it. He's yeah, he's losing his mind and all that. So the whole but Wendy, he's not Wendy. inherently creepy to me in that movie. Like, but he's like, I don't Wendy, look at him and go, ooh. When he's like, Wendy, darling, light of my life, you didn't let me finish my sentence. I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains in. I'm gonna bash them right the fuck in. That's actually. I don't find it creepy. <laughs> it's a little frightening, yeah. Yeah. Well, he's creepy. Like, what about, what about uh, uh, Batman as the Joker in uh, Tim Burton's Batman? Mm, I like him in that. I do, too. He's a fun He's a fun Batman, or he's a fun yeah. Uh, Joker. Yeah, before they started taking all that Joker shit so, 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 so seriously. Yeah, um, to me, he's fun. He's, like, disturbed, yeah. but fun. Okay, what about Boris Karloff? He made the list as creepy. I I mean, he's not really, again, he doesn't seem that creepy. <laughs> well, he's more, you know, the thing is, they just showed uh, Sven Gulli, as we, as we record this, two nights ago or three nights ago, Sven Gulli mm-hmm. uh, showed uh, The Bride of Frankenstein, which is truly, and I, you know I'm prone to hyperbole, but um, truly one of the greatest movies ever made is The Bride of Frankenstein. I mean, it's just an extraordinary movie. And Karloff plays the monster in it. And he's, it's a beautiful, heartbreaking performance. So, you know, creepy in some stuff, but when you think Frankenstein's monster, especially in Frankenstein and the Bride of Frankenstein, he's a tragic figure. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I guess I would believe. How about, all right, how about Tobin Bell from the Saw movies? He plays the Jigsaw Killer. Um, well, I mean, he wears a mask. It's not like... It's not like he's got makeup on to make him look creepy. I guess his, I think the the thing is this list is like behavior wise more than yeah. looks. To me, I'm more like the look of them. Okay, but I guess not. I don't. Yeah, I don't really find him creepy. All right, he's a nice guy. I've met him. A lot, and oh. that's the weird thing is like a lot of these people who I like these horror people. Yeah, they're lovely. I've met kind them. I've met people. I've met a lot of them in in. Uh, you know, uh, in, in, you know, because of flashback or other places that I've gone, mm-hmm. and uh, th- most of them are very sweet. Yeah, you <laughs> so. know what gives me the heebie-jeebies? Mm. And this is—I uh, always forget about these dang movies, but because it just came out on Hulu, uh, Pinhead. Oh yeah, the, the Cenobites. Yeah, and all yeah, his yeah, yeah. and all his pals, the Cenobites. They, yeah, they yeah. are creepy. They I give like me the, the heebie-jeebies. I like the the Cenobite that goes with his teeth. Ooh, That's my favorite. Oh the fat Cenobite he has no lips. Yeah, and he just with his oh, teeth. I can't even. By watch the way, those. by oh. the way, that the new Hellraiser is fucking great, and yeah. it, and they've got a chick playing Pinhead, and she's awesome. It's just too oh, oh. well. It's, it's very creep. kinky. Those it, it, those creep me out. Yeah, no. I, okay, so that's there's something that creeps you out right there. Is the that is, the is cen- creepy? The Cenobites from Hellraiser. 
Yeah, they don't all... even have to do anything. They just have Here... to stand around. <laughs> and it's a very the thing about that a thing the thing about the Cenobites is well, Clive another guy who's really sweet, Clive Barker. I've met Clive Barker many times. Mm. And he could not be a sweeter guy. I love Clive Barker. I've met him many, many times. And um but he's very he very he likes S and M. And mm-hmm. um and he likes kinky shit. And he at, at that time this when Hellraiser when the first Hellraiser came out, first couple of Hellraisers came out, Clive was not out yet. Like publicly. He was not publicly yeah. out. But he kind of made it known <laughs> in the in the, <laughs> in the art that he did, you know. <laughs> um, and uh, he didn't make any qualms about what kind of kink he was into, and the fact that he was that he is in fact gay. But that was like it was he was not out officially. Mm-hmm. So, but like a, a, a lot of the stuff, those Cenobites, they represent different kinds of sort of S and M and different kind of sex kinks. That's what they're all about. And I think that's one of the reasons why it gets under people's skin. So Great. <laughs> well, also because they take people's skin. That's, they do. They uh... rip people apart. They rip. They hook your. Oh. They they put a bunch of hooks in your face and rip you apart. And, oh. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. the kind of again with Suspiria. That's yeah. why I can't watch it. Okay. Because I know that there's that scene with yeah, the barbed, the barbed wire. wire. I'm like, yeah. nope, I'm out. Yeah. I'm out. Well, I mean, Hellraiser, the new Hellraiser, you'll you'll you would totally freak you out but let me just say this i'm out the the re the reboot of hellraiser is terrific it's great the guy who directed it directed the night house david bruckner is his name Mm -hmm. which is that movie with rebecca hall from uh last year the scariest movie of last year and she's amazing in it and he's the one who directed the new hellraiser and it's great and i wish I, i i'm forgetting the actress's name who plays pinhead but they made her a woman and it's fantastic um that's great equal opportunity badass man Scary creepiness. Uh, I, I, I am way down with a female pinhead. Uh, way so down with that. The female pinhead, her name is Jamie Clayton. Yes. Oh, she's so good. She's so good. <laughs> but um, it would totally freak you out, Esmeralda. It would totally freak yeah, you out. Yeah, no, I've seen the uh, I've seen the uh, the clips and stuff, the yeah. the trailer, and I was like, nope. Mm-mm. Yep. I mean, I don't like the originals, and in those yep. I'm sure aren't like, would you say, in terms of scariness, is this new one scarier than the originals? Uh, well, I, or more it's, graphic? It's, it's ma- no, 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 no. I mean, no, God, the the original Hellraiser is ridiculously oh, really? graphic. Oh, yeah, no, no. Like the worse? original Hellraiser okay. is gory. Yeah, I mean, so, at well, one point, at one point, a guy is got about eighty hooks in his body and is and it's pulling his skin apart. Oh, and his face is stretching and blood is shooting out. Mm. And his last words are, he looks into the camera and smiles as the hooks are stretching his skin. Ugh. And he goes, Jesus wept. And then his head explodes. Oh, God. <laughs> it's fantastic. Cool. No, but the original, no, no, seriously, the original Hellraiser was rated X when it came out and they had to cut it down. Oh, yeah. Clive Barker, Bar- Barker directed it. It was the first movie he ever directed because he's a famous, you know, I mean, he's a writer. He was an author. And an artist, and he'd never directed a movie before. And the first time he 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 sent his cut of uh, Hellraiser to the MPAA, they were like, "Yeah, no, <laughs> you're gonna get you're gonna get an X here." So he had to cut some stuff out. And they just and, they just laugh at him. Yeah, they went. You, you actually <laughs> no. think you actually think you're gonna be able to get an R for this? But you know, when it first came out in theaters, that was you know what he had to do. But of course, you know, like video being video. The uncut version oh, is available, yeah. and, and that's oh, the one that 
that's the one that everybody loves, including me. The rated X version, yep. I'm sure. The unrated, ridiculously gory. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh god, it's fantastic. Yeah, I can't. That's that's like to me. That's the. Cr- oh, that's I gotcha. Like the so now we find we we. I, I I get what I get. What freaks you out? I understand what freaks you out. So I'm I'm assuming you're not good with the Saw movies because those are all about sticking shit in people's heads and you know. No, no. Yeah, I don't like those. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't like them either because it's like torturey, like that yeah. torture porn yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. So no, but I don't find I don't find uh, Mr. Tobin Bell creepy. I I will say this the f- uh, I'm I like I, the Saw movies for the most part. Uh, I don't like I like the first one. I think the first one's really good, mm. and I love the third one. And I know that sounds weird, but I love the third one because the third one, the main focus is on Shawnee Smith, who I adore. The um, his like the survivor. Yes. And then okay. eventually she becomes the assistant to Jigsaw and becomes the bad right. guy. Um, and she was at she was at the flashback uh, the year I missed. God damn it! Oh. The year, I know it was the only time I didn't go to flashback and Shawnee Smith was there. Um, but she eventually takes over. She inherits the throne of being the killer in the third one, and it's mostly her. And the third one goes back and fixes all the mistakes from the first one. Because if you watch the first one, there's logic stuff in there. It's like, that would never happen. This doesn't make sense. Mm. And so in the third one, they go back and fix them all. (laughs) Which I thought was was really clever. But yeah, Um, all that torture, that torture porn stuff that was popular in the early 2000s, I'm not a huge fan of that. That's not a big fan of that stuff Yeah. I watched one and I was like, nope, I'm out. The Saw movies, you mean? Yeah. No, I watched uh, Hostel. Hostel. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. I was no gross. I like Hostel. I like the first Hostel. I hate the second one. Hate the second it's, one. It's too much for me. Yeah, it's I, the, too much. Okay, I got you. Now it's I know too- exactly. I know where your boundaries are. You love zombies. You love zo- you love uh, vampires. And those can be like really gory too. Zombies yeah, they can. can be super gory, and yet it doesn't bother me. But like the Saw movies. Yep. Hostel, that kind of stuff. Blech, well, you know why, Esmeralda? It's all about tone. You know what I mean? Like, because those mm-hmm. movies are nasty. The zombie movies can be lovely. They really can. As gory as they can be, there's something socially significant about most zombie movies. Yeah. And you, they touch your emotions. Those fucking hostile movies and the Saw movies are all about, like, how far can we go with the gore and the torture? Yeah. You know? Also, the people are also, like, the worst people ever. Yeah. Most of the time. Well, They're one just, of like, the... the rudest, just, like, assholey well, one... people. <laughs> well, that was one of the reasons why I enjoyed Hostel was because everybody who got tortured and killed in that movie was a douchebag. They yeah. were all, like, they were all, like, college douchebag frat dickheads. And I yeah, was like... They were, and they were in another country, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the lesson is, like, don't be a fucking dick in it, another country. Exactly. That's why I like the first Hostel. <laughs> it's so bad for that one. I just, like, that's my takeaway. I was like, yeah, yep, no, don't be a dick. That's exactly... Don't be murdered. A, yeah, don't be an asshole American, you know, douchebag American in another country. And mm-hmm. the, the, mm-hmm. you, you get what you deserve. It's essentially what... Now, did you see the did you see the new saw the one with uh, Chris Rock? Spiral, spiral, yeah, yes, yeah, it's bad. Oh, it's bad. No, I found it interesting that he was like really into it and he wanted to be in the movie. He loves the Saw movies. He loves the Saw movies. I don't understand that, but he does. <laughs> it's just interesting it. because that's so far from anything yeah. he's done. So, you know, and, and so the most horrifying, you know, he's in a Saw movie, but the most horrifying thing that's ever happened to him is he was slapped in the face by that jagoff Will Smith. <laughs> oh, God. So, 
Um, hey, my dad's got to tell a joke, Esmeralda. We've been yammering oh, yes. here. My dad's got to oh, tell so a joke. He's at the no, door waiting. He's at the day. He's been waiting. And, 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 you know, Carrie Russell's been talking his ear off out there. Oh, boy. So, uh, wait. <laughs> okay, here we go. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell. I know Carrie. I, I know. love okay, Nick's show. Okay, all right. Hi, all right. I'm Carrie Russell. I know. And I By the way, love Nick's show. She's got a Cinebites mask on now. So. Oh, <laughs> she's been listening. She, I has, see. <laughs> she has been listening. Okay, uh, let's try this. It's the best part of the week, baby. It's time to hear something funny. Here we go with your music intro. Ah! It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad tells a joke. Yeah. What'd I say? It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad tells a joke. Ah, yeah. yeah. Here we go. And by the way... As we mentioned before, Esmeralda, that will be played live. Yes. <laughs> November 15th at Zanies. All right, Dad, tell a joke, why don't you? A guy said, my dad told me a joke about boxing. I must have forgot the punchline. What? <laughs> oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was jokey, jokey, jokey time. It was a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad told a joke. Yeah. He'll do it again next Tuesday, and he'll do it live on stage. He's going to do more than one joke at Zany's in Rosemont on uh, Tuesday, November 15th, starting at 7.30. So that was an e- – I guess the punch was the punchline. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For anyone who didn't get it. Yeah. Hey, so uh, the next time we talk, um, we'll finish off the, uh, the scary stuff. It'll be the last of the creepy celebrities and the scary stuff. If we have more megaphone messages, we'll do that. And uh, we will, uh, it'll be the last time we talk to you before you head to Iceland. Yes. For the big wedding. You excited? Yes. Yes. Cool. I, um, I'm going to get to see more of Iceland a little bit more because mm-hmm. I didn't really, I just saw the city last time. Right. So it'll be fun. I might get to see a waterfall. Or, oh. Well, don't uh, go chasing it. Well, who? <laughs> Ah. Yes. Huh? See Good what job. I did there? You yep. see what I did there? God yeah. damn it, Nick. Yeah, all right. <laughs> all right. Yeah, man. All right. Well, listen, the next time we uh, talk, Esmeralda and I will uh, we'll talk about more scary stuff. We'll preview uh, her trip to uh, Iceland a little bit more. And Eric Childress and Steve Procopi are going to be with me for the movie reviews. And we'll do a full summation of the Chicago International Film Festival. Esmeralda, in 12 days, I saw 30 movies. That's so much. <laughs> I know it is. Good for you, though. Yeah. Uh, and I'll rank them. We'll talk about uh, all of the stuff we saw at the film festival. It was fantastic. It was just great in general. Um, and it was really great because this was the first time it was a fully live event. Like last mm. year, it was like half, you know, uh, internet. What do you call it? Uh, 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 virtual. Virtual. Thank you. Uh, it's mm-hmm. like half virtual, half live. But this was the first time where everybody was back and there were, you know, tons of people and people waiting in line talking about movies. It was great. It was just great. And for the most part, of those 30 movies, I believe 23 were recommendable, which is oh, kind of amazing. That's, so, yeah, 30, yeah. 23 out of 30? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Isn't that crazy? So, But we'll talk all about that with uh, Eric and with Steve and the movie reviews. That'll be on the next uh, episode of the podcast. And again, if you want to uh, advertise with us, it's uh, sales at radiomisfits.com. 
or you can ride a motorcycle, which just went past my apartment, in case you heard it. Uh, <laughs> they're they're uh, flying to their computers to get uh, to buy some advertising. That's right, exactly. <laughs> uh, if you would like to leave a voicemail message 24-7, it's wide open, 773-417-6948. Drop us an email, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. Any messages, anything. If you want a megaphone message, especially recorded for you, please do that. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Ed, and everybody at radiomisfits.com. And we will talk to you next time right here on uh, the Nick D Podcast. Thanks, everybody. The wind is right on